We appreciate you hanging with our mechanical tribe. Uh, you guys get on wrenchnation.tv. And I will remind you guys that we know you're busy. Uh, we upload the podcast on Sunday. And uh, welcome back to the show. Susie Sockets is in the house. Hi, Frank. How are you, girl? Amazing. How are you, buddy? Good. I think um, the weather's been a little strange, and I feel guilty for all my East Coast people because what happens is they look at us this time of year, and they just say, wait a minute. What? what? But it has been. So all of my North Dakotians in my, uh, you know, people out there in Washington, and it's, it's hot, man. It's it like is. 92, 94 degrees When was out the last here. time you wore shorts? Uh, well, this Yesterday, morning I roll morning. out of bed, I'm in shorts, I go outside, it's crazy. So, uh, weather's been weird. And so, um, you know, what are you going to do? It is what it is. Uh, get on a wrenchnation.tv. I invite you guys. A lot of you are going on a road trip. Okay. Number 201, show 201 back in September. That's a great show. Pass it on to folks that may be, uh, taking a road trip. That has a lot of basics in there that you can do yourself as well as pair that up with show number 203 break system tips and why not top it off with the cheap changly ev from china jason <laughs> torchinski uh i gotta stop i gotta put my seat up because i feel like i'm sinking so hang hang tight there we go all right jason torchinski you guys know jalopnik uh online digital magazine they cover they cover a lot of uh items out of the automotive industry but they like to cover the weird and we like weird as well and so catch that show. On this show, I want to get right to it. Some of you are thinking about it. Holidays are coming. You may want to treat yourself. The electric vehicle has come down in price, Susie. Okay. And it's, I mean, years ago it was okay. Well, I mm-hmm. can't. It was like the beepers back in, oh, I can't afford a beeper. I can't afford a cell phone. As technology evolves, it gets less expensive. And so you could buy an electric vehicle. Uh, for a reasonable price. Well, what's a lower price? Lower price is thirty thousand to $40,000 really? price point. Yes, they exist. They're out there. Uh, Tesla's trying to change that whole scenario and, and drop the price even more. But we're still fighting technology. And more importantly, a lot of you EV owners, and we're probably talking to the Tesla crowd. We know you're nice and organized. <laughs> when, you, when you travel, you know where to charge and uh, they've got all kinds of apps, and you'll never be chargeless. But the biggest problem in that electric vehicle space is range anxiety. Okay. Now, if you drive a gasoline vehicle, you know, okay, there's a station anywhere I go. I know I'm in the middle of nowhere. Somebody's pumping gas. Right. But not so much in that electric vehicle space. So on today, we show, uh, especially as we, you know, we just finished up these elections. We've got a new administration coming in. What's that look like for the future? Electric vehicles are here, but not so much the charging stations. That's true. How many of you can agree with that? I mean, you probably have some friends of yours that drive, and maybe they don't complain much. They've got it down. It's kind of like RVing. If you're going to RV, you better have everything mapped out, or else it could be a big problem. So we're honored to have uh, one of the leading energy companies in the country servicing uh, New England, right? Massachusetts, Connecticut, that whole Northeast Corridor, Eversource Energy, they are making serious change by way of these electric vehicle stations Nice and the infrastructure. And we're really honored to have a lead program coordinator out uh, of Eversource Energy, James Cater. He's going to tell us what's cooking. And, and more importantly, a lot of you listening, I got, we, we got folks in Chicago, L.A., Miami, all the cities. Some of our cities are underserved. By way of electric vehicles. Now, the argument, Susie, could be, well, 
I don't need, I jump on the subway or I jump on mass transportation, but uh, we're going to have James Cater. He's going to join us uh, with uh, Eversource Energy to clear it out. What's shaking in your world, Now, will you, would you ever own a, an electric car? I would. I'm actually looking. Are I, you? I am looking. I would. The problem is my front of my house looks like a used car lot. I got, <laughs> so does mine. <laughs> we, we got, so I've got to figure out how to slim inventory, but there is no doubt for me, and in fact, electric electrification in general, from a technology side, I'd like to introduce on a soft approach to our business handling electrical vehicles in the future. Now, the data and all of that is still new to the aftermarket, and right. you know that'll take some time, but I am very fascinated with that whole technology and the practicality as long as we have charging stations. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, how about you? Would you get into it? Uh... Absolutely, I would. Now, why would you? Well, you know, just because I'm on the green movement. You are. You yeah. want to be green. I would do that. Yeah. You using perfume green? I have a green microphone cover. You do? Yes, I do. But do you have green shampoo? Um, you know what? I'm going to test you now. I don't have green shampoo. There is a green movement. Yeah, I need to get some green shampoo. My kids are all about the green. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, don't ha- I don't have to worry about them throwing bubble gum out the window. Nice. <laughs> they're, not having, they're not littering. But, um, you know, it is, uh, it is an important movement. But, again, we need the infrastructure. What's shaking in your world, Susie? Well, not a whole lot. But, you know, I'm going to talk about some weird automotive news, Frank. So, you know, I've been given some really good feel-good stories. Now, wait, 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 wait. We love the feel-good. I know you like the feel-good stories. But, you know, there are bad days, and then there are really bad days. I think we all have bad I days. I think so. Frank, wait. grab some tissue for this one. Oh, wait. I don't cry easily. Okay, then. All right, go ahead. So this is a story of a train in Memphis, and it's a train versus a low bridge. Oh, no. Train versus low bridge. So train loses. So you already... Or does the bridge lose? The train. Yeah. Keep, which one is it? Well, this uh, freight train was actually carrying brand new cars. Oh, gosh. And on the video on YouTube, you can actually see the top of these uh, train cars literally slowly being decapitated, which basically the debris is going into the new cars on top of the new cars. Yeah, it's just a tragedy. Would you agree? Listening. If you, I know. Nobody, like, I mean, nobody wants to see a <laughs> no. bunch of new cars wrecked like that. Uh, and the worst, so, but everybody was safe. Everybody was safe. Absolutely. I feel really bad for the train engineer. But then there was about $2 million worth of damage. That's crazy. But what is that? A communication error? A dispatch error? I go back to RV planning. If you're not planning that RV trip, that train driver engineer guy, you better be (laughs) planning. You cannot mess with those bridges. No, you cannot. I mean... That's isn't I mean, that really sad? Well, what's going to happen to the engineer? I mean, well, I it mean, doesn't say what's going to happen. Honest mistake. I well, mean, that's I, an expensive mistake. It is, but as an engineer, now I'm not a train engineer, Frank. But don't you think that the dispatch or the route conductor would have identified clearance? My feeling is either one or two things: the signal light was on the <laughs> wrong way, and then the track switching. You know, and they talked I about think, that too. I think track switching is a big deal. Thank God it wasn't. A disastrous Amtrak situation, commuter train, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we feel for our cars. I mean, yeah. that's for sure. Well, the worst part, they say it takes it takes a while for a train to actually come to a complete stop. So you literally have to watch this train wreck, if you will. Um, you know, just decapitating yeah. all the tops of it. And I mean, I imagine it's not cool, but visually slow motion. To some, that's satisfying. Yeah, and there, boys and girls, that's how you make a convertible train right there. <laughs> that's a quick shot right there. And I can only imagine uh, the the sort of, you feel bad for an engineer. You it's do. not like he set up and woke up to, 
But boy, you gotta. I'm not. I'm thinking the engineer is just driving that train. I'm not thinking he made the wrong move. I don't. He I agree. Follow signals. I agree. Switching track switching. I would. I would almost say that that track switch was not working properly. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Otherwise, two million dollars in cars is quite a few cars. Oh yeah. I want you guys to be aware of something. Uh, real quick before we cut to break and bring James Cater on to talk about electric vehicle infrastructure and charging stations. Very important. A lot of you, and we just got fun making fun of our weather. It's too hot. None of you are probably using your heater. However, many of you are. A lot of you listening outside of Arizona, your heater may not work. I want you guys to understand that your inlet and outlet hose, because you cannot see the heater. That's a little radiator underneath the dash, essentially. If your heater's not working, I want you to take your hand while it's running touch the inlet and touch the outlet hose on the firewall you'll see that 20 degree difference a lot of you are coming into the garage complaining about your heater yes in arizona we get cold we get nervous when it's 60 degrees <laughs> it is what it is but my point is this you may be able to flush out that heater core before you replace that expensive heater core and second to that if you are leaking coolant on your floorboard area passenger floorboard area, it's a good chance that that heater core is kaput and it will need to be replaced. The good news is if you can live without heat, you can bypass it because those heater cores can get expensive. That's right. Now, when you were talking about the coolant on the floorboard, is that also the symptom where you might hear some swishing? It's possible. You you may have an air pocket in the system. That is very possible. We do have some uh, vehicles coming in. But I, I also hear that as well as a symptom for yeah. a lot of our folks with low AC. So just be aware of it. And, of course, if you need a garage in your neighborhood, ranchnation.tv, or come see us, Chandler and Dobson. I want you guys to stay tuned. We're going to cover the infrastructure of electric vehicles. Why aren't we catching up with the rate of production of electric vehicles? We've got one of the leading energy companies in the nation, Eversource's James Cater. He's going to join us. Stay tuned next. Bolt-on Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-on Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Over the years as a service operator in the automotive industry, owning my own shop, boy, that's a lot of responsibility. Well, if you're part of a network, a network that truly makes a difference by the way of the programs it has, like a nationwide warranty, roadside assistance reimbursement, and customer retention, targeted marketing, well, that's going to put you in a different league. You are now armed up and ready to go with a network of other shop owners throughout the country. And by the way, the technical training is stellar and top-notch. Get your technicians to actually train on their time 24-7 with an amazing slew of technical training programs. The Pronto Smart Choice Service Center program is something I invite you guys, if you're in the automotive industry, take a peek at it, pronto-net.com pronto-net.com funding for wrench nation car talk brought to you by anytime auto glass a family-owned full-service windshield replacement and repair company with a focus on hard work integrity and providing a no-hassle professional service for their windshield and vehicle tint clients anytime auto glass az.com or call 480-430-4597 anytime auto glass 
Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation. Of course, if you catch a show, you lose it in its entirety. Sunday, the podcast is uploaded. Electric vehicles are here. I would say five, ten years ago was sort of, uh, nobody, it's expensive. $100,000 Model S or what have you. And it was maybe a novelty, although electric vehicles have been around for some time. It's more than just passenger cars that are slowly transitioning towards electric vehicle platforms. We know there's a big green movement and the responsibility of energy companies across the board who are taking advantage of that opportunity to get into that that green movement. I will tell you, I, I thought it was interesting, Susie. Duke University revealed the health costs associated with each gallon of gasoline purchased. One gallon of gasoline. How much is that? Health costs? Health costs. Here we go. Okay. One gallon costs what? $2.20? Yeah. If you're in California, whatever, $10 a gallon, whatever <laughs> you're there. But each gallon produces up to $3.80 in health and environmental costs. Really? From like inhalation? However that relates, maybe James Cater, who is yeah, uh, representing Eversource. <laughs> but I, I, I imagine that this is all leading towards the serious carbon issue in, in the environment and so on. And I don't think we're going to get rid of gas cars in its entirety anytime soon but let's bring in james cater james are you with us yes hello frank hello susie an Hi, honor james. an honor to have you on oh, and thanks uh, new england at least yes yes <laughs> out of new england well tell me about that you just heard that statistic there um yeah. almost four dollars and we're talking health costs yeah. i imagine asthma things like that well I, I, it, it is that. It's, it's sort of the environmental cost, right? So I'm sure, and I haven't seen the report, but I'm sure it sort of incorporates uh, costs with respect to both health costs, but also environmental degradation costs. Um, maybe there's a little bit of climate change cost thrown in there. Um, I'm always amazed that, the, that they can pinpoint dollar amounts based on a gallon or, or of, of, of gasoline. But I think the the, the thrust of the conclusion is correct, is that there are these other costs that aren't being incorporated with respect to emissions. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think um, you know, people are sort of getting their arms around what that cost is. Um, and that, uh, you know, as you drive towards a potentially greener, cleaner energy future, um, uh, not only are the benefits from just greenhouse gas emission reductions, but their health income the environmental degradation income uh, outcomes that are that are paired away. Yeah, James, tell us uh, before we dive deeper into the yeah. topic. Uh, James, tell us about EverSource uh, leading the way. Uh, who is EverSource? Yeah, so 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 um, just a brief a brief description of the company. So EverSource is uh, the largest energy delivery company in New England. Otherwise, no one has a utility, right? We're investor-owned utility. We have approximately. Four million customers uh, in in three states: that's New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. So three of the New England states, uh, and we deliver to our customers, commercial customers, residential customers, industrial customers, uh, electricity, gas, and water. Uh, we own the pipes and the wires that enable that delivery system. Uh, so we own the power grid, we own the, some of the gas grid, and, and some of the water delivery pipes. Um, what we've been focused on. Uh, is really since our inception, since we used to be called uh, the old Boston Edison Company, is the reliable and safe delivery uh, of resources, those uh, gas, electricity, and water, uh, safely and reliable to our, reliably to our customers. 
So it was always, you know, uh, to make sure that the lights go on when somebody flicks a switch, that we get the power back on as quickly as we can uh, and safely as we can after a storm, uh, and really focusing in on those fundamental things that our customers are relying on. Yeah, and I think also uh, with that said, as as many years behind that, of course, that that delivery is not a perfect science. And in fact, all utility companies, sometimes as consumers, we get grumpy. You know, the light didn't come on <laughs> after a storm or whatnot. But we have to realize there's a lot going on. You're doing things in a big way, Eversource is, by way of the electric vehicle marketplace and these yeah. the infrastructure. I'd like to get right into that. Talk to us about how you're leading the way out there in New England and throughout the country, for that matter, uh, with the EV platforms and the infrastructure for that. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so just to wrap up the conversation before, so we have, uh, as, as a utility, we have stepped out front and, and really claimed the mantle of being a carbon-neutral um, company. So by 2030, all of our operations will be carbon-neutral. Talk and, to us about, I don't mean to interject, but a lot of, a lot of folks have heard of carbon neutral. Yeah, what is yeah. carbon neutral? Talk to us why that's so important. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so it is, a, it is a statement about what the future looks like. So the amount of emission uh, from our, our tailpipes, from our, our vehicles, our fleet vehicles, our um, uh, buildings that we own and we have where we work in, our, our area work centers, our, our, all of that operational um, greenhouse gas emissions will be eliminated or mitigated to zero by 2030. So the amount of carbon that we produce as a company will be uh, netted out to zero by the amount of carbon that we save in other areas. You think that the corporate America, not just energy companies, but you know, big corporate companies, uh, Fortune 100s and 500s, this is top and this is top of mind for them, isn't this right? It I mean, is. would, yeah, it is. It is, and a lot of a lot of companies stepping out front and saying, making those those statements, those bold, taking bold action in terms of being carbon neutral. Because they see climate change is is in fact a real thing, and want to lead by example, want to be good citizens. Um, and Eversource is going to be the first, has been the first utility company to claim that carbon neutrality mantle and do it by 2030. So we're really excited about that. But yeah. the reason why I say that is, is that uh, this journey towards electrification or transportation is part of our DNA, right? It's part of where we're going towards, where we're leading by example, where we're um, hoping to make an impact. Uh, and so uh, what we've been doing is we've been, uh, and I know you talked about this earlier, putting in the infrastructure, those charging stations, those public-facing charging stations in our communities, in our customer workplaces, where we as Eversource are taking on the cost of that infrastructure, which, which can be a, a high amount of the total cost of putting in a charging station because you have to bring power to it, you have to lay the conduit, you have to dig up um, some, some parking lot area to run that, run that conduit. Um, we take on that cost as a utility. And then the customer only pays for the charging station. And then they can have their customers, their residents, their tenants be able to make use of that charging station. Well, let's talk so about really that. Good program. Yeah, let's... Uh, we've been doing it for the past couple of years, and we've had tremendous demand yeah. uh, from, our, from our customers, too. Because... You, you talk about demand. Let's dive into this. Los Angeles, uh, Susie, is coming out with an electric 
fire truck. Uh, they're talking about <laughs> electric garbage trucks. That sanitation truck can be noisy. We're grateful it comes by, picks up our <laughs> trash, but it can be pretty noisy no matter where you're at in the country. With L.A. sort of leading, you know, California is very progressive that way. Are you finding, oddly, resistance to EV platforms for municipalities, i.e. these, these uh, sanitation trucks and so on? And, and if you are, is it really about the financial factor? Are some cities, small or large for that matter, having a tough time coming up with the funding to get this conversion of EV platforms? Right, right. So I think I, so. So I think one of the one of the reasons that we engaged on this program, one of the reasons we saw a gap, right, in in that a lot of our communities, our cities and towns, small and large, uh, throughout the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uh, and Connecticut, are having that gap. Right, the city and town budgets are are fixed, and um, we fight for resources. Um, and, and we want to make the ability for those cities and towns to make putting in easy infrastructure much more accessible. And that's what this program does. Um, we would, at the same time, uh, the cost of procuring uh, electric vehicles for fleet operation, I think that's what you're talking about, right? Right, uh, right. Electric school bus or an electric um, uh, uh, transportation department vehicle, Department of Public Works. Those are coming to the fore relatively quickly. We will see in the next couple of years a uh, flood of eligible vehicles uh, in the commercial space. Um, OEMs have been stepping up and making broad and bold announcements about electrification. And we'll see that coming in, and we'll see, you know, as as competition comes in, prices come down. Um, But we are fixed right now on the conversation. Let's lay the foundation and the groundwork for that infrastructure today so that tomorrow um, purchasing those vehicles uh, won't be too heavy of a lift for the, for our for our customers. Yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think initially the, the, the sort of barrier to entry on EV vehicles for the average consumer was price. Price is starting to come down. Now it's that range anxiety. Okay, great. Can I roam freely? And, and you know, these uh, EV charging stations – have to be available. I know that in California, the LA market uh, area there, that was a big problem. You had folks that really, and that's getting better, but it's great to see. I want you guys to get on to eversource.com. Uh, we're going to take a break. During the break, check out the website. They are doing some amazing things in the EV space. We're going to talk about these hub infrastructure, these, these sort of e-mobility hubs uh, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, I think a hub, I think a library, gathering of books, gathering of people, e-mobility hubs, <laughs> gathering of EV platforms. James Cato at Eversource is going to be joining us. Stay tuned. Funding for Wrench Nation Car Talk brought to you by Vision Collision, a full-service auto body repair, collision repair, and automotive paint facility in Tempe, Arizona, serving all of greater Phoenix. Free towing, free estimates, Vision Collision. Family owned and operated, 480-248-9049. Vision Collision. I want my 
mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG, BG. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me, my clients, and they're likely not to come back? Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you. Partsauthority.com. We're talking the topic of electric vehicles. Uh, You guys are aware electric vehicles exist. They're coming down in price. But the big concern is, well, I don't know if I want to get one of these EVs because I just don't know where I'm going to charge one of these up. Before we bring James back, I want to talk to you about breaking news uh, by way of battery science and Volkswagen. Volkswagen has been quietly working with a company called QuantumScape. And QuantumScape is about to change. Batteries have kind of stayed the same. Lithium batteries have been around and... But it's fueled the whole explosion, if you will, behind the iPhone and, of course, Tesla. But now they're talking about this pure metallic lithium. I will post this article up on Wrench Nation Facebook after the show, as well as our website. It's a fascinating read. It truly is a game changer. Let's welcome back James Cater with uh, Eversource Energy. Welcome back, James. Hey, hey, Frank. How you doing? Good. Thank you for joining us uh, out of New England. Uh, we're talking about well, electric vehicles. And the infrastructure, you, you, you said something, and I thought about this during the break, Susie, that's huge when you're taking the responsibility and load off by setting up the infrastructure. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit more about that before we talk about these mobility hubs. Yeah, and, and, and so if you want to just to talk about numbers for a little bit, uh, the program that we're doing uh, has been inactive since 2018. So... And it's a $45 million program that we have been uh, deploying infrastructure with. Uh, at the end of the day, um, and originally it was a five-year program, so to talk about the demand that was out there for doing this, the, 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 the want for our communities and workplaces to do it, it was originally a five-year program. We will be done and have spent all of the money in three and a half years, so by middle of next year, and we'll have uh, close to 400 sites with multiple station plugs throughout our electric service territory in Massachusetts. So we have moved the ball quite a bit. James, i got to ask you, what, what determines a site? How do yeah. you know where to put a site? Yeah, so it's been, it, 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 customers have come to us and said, our employees are demanding uh, charging stations at their workplace. Or municipalities have said, we have green and sustainability goals as a city or town. We want to burnish those credentials. We, we've done some solar panels, maybe uh, some solar canopies. Now we want to do, we want to help 
uh, lower the greenhouse gas emission profile for transportation, and we're interested in putting in public-facing charging stations and not public locks. It's been uh, multi-unit dwellings, large apartment buildings, who are saying, we have a, a, an opportunity to offer to our tenants and tenants-to-be an amenity that they otherwise might not get if they go to another apartment. They can have their own gas station, so to speak, uh, where they park their car. Yeah. So it's been those customers who have said, yes, this makes sense beyond sort of the uh, return on investment, you know, the simple simple payback. They said, well, there's an amenitization question here and answer here that our employees, tenants, residents are demanding, uh, and we would like to take advantage of it, except the price is too high. You know, it's we nice to see. Well, we can help you with that. It's nice to see employees picketing on becoming more green as opposed to picketing. I mean, I, I find that fascinating. Yeah, that is fascinating. And you know what? I was just, uh, I should have used this as my weird, weird automotive news today. But in North Carolina, there's a company called Sheets. And have you ever heard of the term icing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's a strange, <laughs> yeah, a strange trend started appearing across the U.S. where pickup trucks are actually parking and blocking access. And the reason why they call it icing is that ICE stands for internal combustion engine. Oh, so you have our gas people are trying to interfere with our electric people. Yes. Man, come on. Can't we just leave that alone and not be divided on stuff there? Jeez. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story, and I actually witnessed this. Uh, uh, someone in, a, in an F-150 pulled up to a, uh, uh, a parking space that had a charging station because the charging station in the beginning had sort of premium parking areas that was close to where you wanted to go in the parking lot. Pulled up to a spot, took the plug out, and put it under his hood. And no. just to say, well, yeah, I'm charging. And so, it, you know, I'll go ahead and try to, you know, no. move my car. <laughs> Man, we are a group of passionate Americans, no matter how wow. I mean, That's got, I, you know, I never thought about that. Yeah. How, and I can imagine some of the vandalism or whatnot that we don't hear about that, that happens. Um, you guys have, uh, at Evergreen have really thought about uh, where, and a lot of that's excellent. You're getting feedback from the very people you're serving. You ever find that inner cities sometimes are underserved? We often take for granted that those folks in inner cities are just taking mass transportation. But I imagine a lot of folks 20 and 30 miles out, I use New York City as an example. If one is traveling, you know, they're slightly upstate, Rochester, what have you, and they drive an EV, but they're like, mm, I can't. There's nowhere in the city for me to plug in. Is that an issue? Yep. yep. It, 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 it is um, in a couple of ways. In, in terms of, first of all, the conversation around serving all of our customers equally. So as a utility, uh, we take in money from all of our ratepayers, right, for their gas bills, their electric bills, their water bills. And then we take that money and put it and dispense it programmatically. And so our DNA is to service all customers. Therefore, our program should also do the same. So we have a, a um, you know, a, a, a duty to service all of our customers. And, and, and what the program uh, does is try to address so the transportation electrification um, uh, needs uh, that that we have, but it could do so in such a way that that it accesses or or our ratepayers who don't own vehicles, uh, don't own cars, could also access vehicles, um, access access this uh, electrification of transportation space. So, for example. Um, we are working with a couple of nonprofits in the city of Boston to stand up a income-tiered uh, car-sharing program 
similar to sort of uh, a zip car or other car rental services, but it is income tiered, and those cars, those EVs, are hosted at an affordable housing complex. So uh, tenants who otherwise wouldn't own a vehicle or couldn't access an EV today can experience an EV today with the intention of potentially acquiring a late model EV in the future. And that's how we advance, it's how we, how we programmatically get to that space without sort of just plugging down a station in the middle of the city and then folks that live there say, well, we can't use it because we don't own vehicles, right? So, that only gardens resentment. So for a that's lot of our listeners, that they, they feel, i got to interject because this is important, uh, not necessarily, Susie, that this is all heady stuff because what I heard, regardless of what we're doing energy-wise and electric vehicle-wise, when you have a company that actually reads the comments and the opinions and the input of their clients, their customers, especially with energy companies. A lot of times we feel like, ah, they're not going to listen to me. You're setting up a program that's tiered, which gives folks at all levels an opportunity for EV. That's huge, James, just by way of speaking that language with your clients. I love that. Yeah, yeah we're excited about it. And, and, 10, and, and additionally, 10% of the capital with a point of that $45 million goes on, goes into so-called uh, environmental justice communities. So we aren't leaving them behind, but we do think we can do even more. i got to ask uh, you, because this is new terminology, what is environmental justice community? Yeah, so environmental justice community um, is similar to what uh, California might call disadvantaged community. So uh, the three criteria, one is, one is income level, so lower than the federal um, uh, median income. Uh, level. There's also sort of a, an English language learner criteria, and there's also a minority status indicator. So those those criteria sort of uh, we sort of break up our our service territory, our state into uh, census tracts, and then those those census tracts that have those criteria are can be labeled as an environmental justice community. So that's very much in the inner city. Um, in the large cities, uh, and, and also it's in our rural uh, uh, locations as well. Sure, it doesn't have to be uh, inner city. We're sure, yeah, putting putting uh, charging stations there as well. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's talk about compatibility. So, yes, um, I have an Apple phone, and my husband has an Android, but we can't swap out chargers, right? So, yeah. are these charging stations actually going to be compatible to like your Teslas, your Toyota Prius plug-ins? Is there a yeah, universal, so have, or are there I, patents good, on that? Good news, bad news for you, Susie, on oh. that front. <laughs> so, so the um, uh, level two charging uh, has generally vectored in on one set plug in the United States. That's the J one seven seven two plug. Every EV that is made today. Uh, can access that uh, minus Tesla, which needs an adapter. But uh, Tesla gives their car buyers an adapter so they can plug in uh, with the J1772 plug. When we get up to what we call DC fast, um, which are faster charges, right? So you don't have to spend hours at a uh, charging your 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 station. Um, there are two kinds: there's a Chatmo plug and a CCS plug, and the Tesla plug. So the Chatmo plug. Um, is probably going away. It was for the uh, Nissan Leafs, um, and uh, yeah, so mostly for the Nissan Leafs, so the Japanese version. The CCS plug is sort of what's, what's going to be taking over, um, and most of the cars made today are, are CCS compatible. Wow. I mean, it's a good so question. It's, it's, you, really, you, it's really vectoring yeah. in on, on, on 
pretty much one plug to roll them all, Yeah, which is great. Yeah, no, that is good. I think Universal is another great feature. We're actually going to bring you on next segment. We're, we're going to have you in on our fourth segment. So we do want to get to these e-mobility hubs. Think of Quick Trip. You guys go there for everything you need. You got propane, you got gas, you got <laughs> popcorn, you got everything you need. An e-mobility hub, would it have everything you need in that electric vacation <laughs> space stay tuned james cater ever source coming back frank here with wrench nation we appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the wrench nation car talk show but did you guys know i'm not basket weaving i don't do roofing i actually own desert car care of chandler boy and i've got a great team down there if you've got car repair or maintenance needs i invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go give me a call 480-726-6400 Desert Car Care of Chandler. The new gasoline direct injection engines, also known as GDI, are the hottest new improvement to horsepower and fuel efficiency in this century. Service professionals agree that GDI's unique power requires unique GDI maintenance. BG Products has the most current and effective GDI maintenance available in over 20,000 shops, and they back it up with a lifetime BG protection plan. Go to bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. If you have a GDI engine and you want it to last, remember two more letters. Hey, Gilbert friends, when we talk about car repair, car care, getting all of your stuff done on your car, excellence, integrity, workmanship, those are large words. Well, I got to tell you, a little place on Cooper and Warner in Gilbert, the car shop, you've got to meet Chris Baldrin, the car shop. He is absolutely on top of his game. He's a certified technician, has a certified set of mechanics working for you day in and day out there at the car shop. So if you're out in Gilbert, Warner, and Cooper, you've got to visit Chris Baldrin at the car shop. Friendly, knowledgeable, eager to take care of you with no funny business. So reach out to the car shop, 480-855-8000, the Car Shop, Warner, off of Cooper. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Get on to WrenchNation.tv. A big shout-out to uh, KFNX, our 1100 AM family on Saturday, 90.7 and 88.7. The Pulse, you guys rock for hanging with us on Saturday. I want you guys to take a moment. Visit Eversource.com. A ton of great information. You know, our show is a little hour, not much. I mean, we do our best to cover where we can, but... There is such great information there. And if you work for a utility company, uh, most utility companies, uh, let's ask James. James, come on in. I have a question for you regarding, is this a general consensus with all utility companies that, man, not only solar, but we got to get in this EV space? I ask you that because competition is good. It's healthy. I get that. But is there this mantra that says, yes, in all markets, we really need to step up our game here in the EV space. Yeah. So if you were to ask me five years ago if that was the case, I, I don't think – there'd be a few. Uh, folks in California, we might, we might have a uh, – we might agree, um, sort of the, the coasts might agree, right, that, that this is the next big thing. I think now, I think everybody is seeing – everybody in the utility space is seeing that they have to play, be at least a part of it, and I'll tell you why. If this goes the way folks are thinking, and electrification of transportation affects everything, and we're not just talking about passenger vehicles, but we're also talking about Amazon.com uh, with their delivery service. We're also talking about UPS. 
also talking about the U.S. Postal Service. All of these uh, vehicles that currently use gasoline and, and diesel transfer or, 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 or adopt electric vehicles. You're going to have a huge amount of a new load onto the power grid that utilities, whether they like to or not, will have to manage. And so uh, from our perspective, it's not only good for the environment and it goes along with our green, our clean energy goals, but it's also that we know what's coming and we want to get ahead of it because we're going to be managing the, the new grid, the new power grid, which has these, these um, new loads that come on at various times of the day and we want to be able to serve our customers just as we did in the past with buildings, now with vans and cars and buses, um, anything that moves. You know, I mentioned uh, e-mobility hubs, and I I sort of, maybe not the greatest analogy, uh, whether you're stopping at a truck stop in the middle of nowhere where it has just about everything, including a shower (laughs) that you may need on the the road. Uh, These e-mobility hubs are a fascinating concept. I I believe they're, they're, they're pretty much headstrong in Europe. Tell the folks, what is an e-mobility hub? Sure. So, so what it is, just, just basically, it's, it's like a mobility hub except electrified. So what I mean by that is you have a num- multimodal way of getting into an area and getting out of an area uh, based on where you're going. So let's, let's do a, give an example. Let's say you're riding on a train and you, uh, you're riding on mass transit and you end up at your stop. But you know what? Your house or your destination is a mile away from where you got off on the train. What would be, there would be an opportunity for you to uh, select your uh, way of transporting for the remaining uh, mile. And whether that is uh, selecting an e-bike, right, renting an e-bike. We currently have blue bikes in the city of Boston uh, where you can rent the bike and it's just pedal power, but... Let's imagine it being an e-bike and therefore extending the range of your sort of travel travel range or an e-scooter, which we see uh, ubiquitous in several cities in California, or it's a, a car-sharing opportunity, EV car-sharing opportunity, car rental opportunity, all within a short walk of the mass transit uh, area. So you can pick and choose which mode you want to uh, take your final trip in, uh, based on a, based on where that final trip destination is, and what you want to use to get there, all centered around carbon neutral, and all centered around being carbon neutral, getting people out of um, because we see uh, increasingly sort of the the millennial generation and younger are not into owning vehicles, but they are interested in travel. So offering them additional ways in which they can reach to their destination without that. Uh, car ownership, I think, is going to be important. I always say on the show, of course, we were honored to have uh, Gridlock Sam Schwartz, New York City Traffic Commissioner, came out with an intriguing book, and in, in one of the items in his book was that he suggested the reality is by mid-century you could be arrested for driving. <laughs> between autonomous, between electrification, uh, will they laugh at us someday, uh, my granddaughters, and say, oh, granddaddy used to drive. <laughs> <laughs> It's an amazing science. And, and um, before we wrap it up, I, and again, I remind you listening, truly, there's a chock full of great information, factual, none of this hashtag fake news on electric vehicle 
um, the infrastructure to that, Eversource.com. Many of you listening to the show are clients of Eversource. You're getting your energy uh, in the New England area. What do we need to do as a society for those that may not be on board? Uh, they may have sort of old way thinking. What would you advise folks for the very first yeah, time I, I, looking at electric vehicles? What would you say to them? Yeah, so Frank, I, I'd answer in this way. Um, there's certainly a uh, progressive policy regime in cities and states um, that are moving forward and making bold in that pronouncements about, you know, we won't sell anymore, no more selling of ICE vehicles, uh, internal combustion engine vehicles within our state borders by 2030. Um, or that was in Britain. And then 2035 in California. In California, was yeah. announcement um, recently. But I'm not, I, 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 I get that. But my, my hunt is around the quality of the vehicle. And, and, you know, if you were to just take a test drive, and I encourage your listeners but just take a test drive of an EV. It is like night and day. The, the actual vehicle itself has the power, has the torque, has the horsepower. Um, and it's all because of physics, because of, you know, electric power. Uh, we can go into uh, that discussion another time, but the actual experience is a great experience. Um, and, and, and I would encourage folks who are curious to do that. Just take a test drive, and you will see. Well, it, it, speaking it really of that, and it proves well, on itself every year. Well, yeah, I think speaking, one way, Susie, real quick, one way is uh, it may not be easy to find, but I think your average rental car agency, whether it be Hertz or Enterprise, the, they they probably have one or two electric vehicles in there. Rent a sucker. I'm and sure they do. Head out to the coast, to the beach, or wherever you're going to do, and see what that feels like. I think that's a wonderful idea, James. Susie, that's right. Now, didn't they didn't they use an electric vehicle recently to transport an organ? Was it a EV or was it a Lamborghini, Bree? Do you remember that? You don't what? remember? I think they used an EV or an, uh, something. I thought it was an EV car to transport an organ from a hospital. Oh, so uh, an organ. I thought you said organ. No, no, organ. Yes, it was, the, it was an Italian. So this was uh, Italian-based, and I have to get the details. But, James, they again, we're seeing, I wouldn't call it shtick, but I think we're seeing some PR <laughs> some, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, Budweiser making their first big semi-load uh, delivery on a stretch of highway that was electric. I mean, it, it, it's here. It's now. Uh, we would certainly enjoy having you back on, James. There's so much more to the discussion. Uh, please uh, come back to the show. James Cater, Eversource. Anytime, Frank. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And you mentioned it's out of Italy, and I know you're looking you this up. You know which one I'm look, thinking well, of. Well, they delivered an organ via an electric vehicle, I think. I think it's electric. I just want to get the facts right. You guys probably, know. you guys listening probably I started something, didn't more, I? More about what we were talking about. But my thing is, you're seeing, again, I don't call it shtick. I mean, I think I think it's, it's, it's here, it's now. But a lot of good questions, and a lot of you will agree listening, man. Like, I'm interested, but... I just don't see the infrastructure yet. And I think in the next 36 months, solid, with the news of Volkswagen, uh, with this new battery technology, Tesla. You know, Elon Musk is going to make it happen. <laughs> he's going to make it all affordable, is it? and he's not going anywhere. So I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We do have some uh, announcements. You guys know if you have any car shows, uh, get on to our website, contact us, or if your local community, uh, get a hold of us uh, regarding your car show, as well as 
any automotive topics that you may have, no matter how you may think, oh, this is not a topic, you never, never know. We love that. We love the feedback that we're getting uh, from you guys. And I am just sourcing this. We did have a notification on our Wrench Nation Facebook uh, message. Uh, the season's here. You guys are doing toy drives. A lot of my automotive centers across the country are doing toy drives. And we want a big shout out to Andy Bizub. Uh, Andy Bizub uh, owns the, uh, I'm trying to get the, let's just click on his site real quick. want to make sure I get this right. But in any event, he's doing a Marine Toys for Tots out of Midwest Performance Cars, uh, Marine Toys for Tots. All of my Midwest Wrench Nation family support that. You can donate. Uh, these funds go right uh, towards the, let's get the language here. Uh, we want to share our daily joy with kids who are less fortunate. Bottom line, kids are less fortunate. Yes. This is the time of year. So, in fact, I invite you to get into that mode. And if money is tight, don't worry about it. Donate your time. We always talk about that. But Marine Toys for Tots, we'll have more information with Andy's uh, garage out there in the Midwest. If you have a garage with a fundraiser, we'd like to know about it. Give you a shout out. Susie, what do you got? So I'm going to clarify because I did a hashtag fake news. You did? I did. Wrench it, Nation will get court. <laughs> you don't understand. Corporate Wrench Nation is listening. Listen, we cannot I'm have the so fake trouble. news. But it wasn't. You got the story. It was straight. a Lamborghini. Um, it was. It so transported it a kidney 300 miles in just two hours. So it wasn't electric. It wasn't electric. But there's some electric cars that can make that, that happen. That could probably do that. Yeah. You know what's interesting? You guys know when. Look, I, one of the reasons. There's many reasons why I believe electric vehicles are here. But when you see motorsports now having full-on electric vehicle competition. It's here now, people. It'd be interesting to see with some of our old school, and I love the NHRA. You guys know that. And I know a lot of you listening love to attend a good old nitro funny car. <laughs> but it's going to just be interesting how this all segues, man. Like in, in, NHRA Well, NHRA is not going anywhere. I don't yeah. think you're going to. You never know. You, you may, never Somebody know. may come out with an electric, uh, you know, I don't know, 8,000 horsepower <laughs> running down the track. But... As always, man, we appreciate you guys hanging out. Big shout out to our podcast family. If you have a show idea, get on wrenchnation.tv. And if you're in the Chandler, Arizona area, man, you don't need any car work. We just want to see you. We'd love to give you a shop tour, introduce you to all of our automotive technicians. And uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. We should have a show. If not, we'll have a nice replay for you guys. As I tell you every week, man, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic. Copacabana neighborhood, there's something going on that's making the residents just light up. Well, Brazil's just lit. It is lit. <laughs> but now this is going to, it's funny, you're our chemistry, Frank, because this is actually consisting of a 1969 Volkswagen Beetle, I... a beautiful, innovative 51-year-old woman, and flowers. Oh. You mentioned flowers. Well, the now. new Beetles have the little flower stands and well, flowers. Well, yeah, I All like right. where you're going, but... Not even close. This is Brazil. They don't just do flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, this woman actually bought a 69 VW Beetle and has converted it into a beautiful flower shop on wheels. Well, I love this concept. It's beautiful. Now, you can't miss. You can't miss. I mean, Brazil. Can Brazil. you imagine the smell of this butamus going down the flavelas That's in Brazil? Right. And you can't miss this 69 Beetle because it's parked at a corner with orchids and ferns. I love that, Archie. I love that. It's open bonnet. Sunflowers are sticking out of the windows and potted plants on the roof. This is a bring a neighborhood happiness. This is beautiful, but listen to the why. 
All right. So she was a partial owner of a wig shop and rented rooms to tourists prior to the coronavirus pandemic. You said a wig a shop. A wig shop, yep. I'm, I'm trying to make the connection to wigs <laughs> and flowers. She's I don't an know. entrepreneur. So she actually, uh, turning her car into a flower shop was her survival plan after her business collapsed due to COVID. If you guys are listening right now, never, never stop. It's, it's about reinvention, man. That's right. I love that story. Isn't that cool? And she states she had no money to pay the rent, so she had to think of something. And flowers can change many things during a time of pandemic sadness. She literally looks forward to seeing the elderly residents um, that live in the neighborhood because it brightens their day. Man, I love that story. It is so cool. And then the first three days, she made enough to cover one third of the cost of buying that VW Beetle. What a spirit. Yep. So at 51, she had re- reinvented herself, moving from real estate to selling roses and flowers. You listening No, you got to reinvent. You think you're sitting happy and pretty. But then the next day, man, it's just all of a sudden. Good night, Charlie. Why don't you guys get on to WrenchNation.tv. Check out, well, over 190 shows. There will be a show for you or you or you. There's always something exciting. Next week, we'll be back with you, uh, of course, the live show, Wednesday, 4 p.m. I'll get on to Facebook. And if you're local, man, come down. Chandler and Dobson. Don't worry about spending money. We just want to see you. We'll give you a whole, a whole COVID little hand bump. That's right. And hopefully we get back to the hugs, <laughs> right? So as I tell you every week, man, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a McKinney. Lewis Lee spent some time in the repo business, so we're going to pick his brain. How do we not get our cars repoed other than pay our stuff on time? I'm looking for a Ford Escort, and I pull up to this house, and it's a mansion. <laughs> I'm like, man, <laughs> something ain't right. You know, this picture just ain't right. So I knock on the door, and, and they said, no, he's not here. And then so I'm walking back to the truck, and I'm like, there's no garage. Where's the garage? <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the front of his house. So then I start thinking, so I go around to the, the side street, and the garage is like on the side street in the back. So I see the car. So I back up to pick it up. You know, it's the son, and he, he didn't make his payment. But his dad was rich, and his dad was like, hey, take it. He didn't pay for it. Oh, snap. This couple in Florida didn't want their little smart car to be blown away. So what do you think they did, Frank? Those cars are tiny. They are tiny, and it probably would have been taken by the wind, I'm sure. So what this husband did to protect the smart car is he brought it inside the house, parked it right inside his kitchen. Wait a minute, how do you, I mean, the smart car still is sizable. I mean, how It do is you... sizable, so what do you do? Is there a double door in the front entry? This man drove his smart car in his kitchen. Yes. His kids woke up, they had breakfast, and they sat in that smart car. <laughs> I cannot believe this. It was a smart breakfast. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation. You guys rock. Thank you for hanging with us on the Replay Saturday, KFNX 88.7. And, of course, 90.7, all you neonites. 90.7 neon. Uh, you guys know, man, get on our podcast. And then I'm a mechanic. I should know this answer. <laughs> well, if it just stopped in flight. like Yeah, like at, it just stopped. So my wife was driving. Yep. Her, let's say, Ford Fusion, like full-on electric? Full-on like electric. Yeah, Tesla. Let's, let's. Well, for what? I tell you what, all that money I paid for Tesla, you better not be stalling. <laughs> well, well, there's an you... update. I would Actually, I'd get my phone, and my phone would fix <laughs> my car. There's an update. But let's say, let's, <laughs> would you call a tow truck? Would you call a friend? Or would uh, you would you resort to your phone and get an update? I'd call you, Susie. Oh, thanks, Frank. What if it was just out of electricity? Oh, yeah. Well, we never hear about that. Oh, yes, we have. Oh, do we? So check this out. (laughs) Tell us what you got. So this guy in Florida wakes up. His gardener wakes him up. He says, "Uh, can you get this uh, car off your lawn so I can uh, do my my job? 
Mueve tu tu carro, por favor. Says, I don't have a car on the lawn. He says, no, no, come here. Oh. A Tesla was parked in this guy's lawn for 12 hours. The guy ran out of electricity and he plugged it into his exterior outlet. Wait a minute. <laughs> that To me, that doesn't sound like Tesla <laughs> etiquette. Most Tesla owners... Owners, that's true. They have maps. They know that if they know, well, why not pull up to a stranger's house and I need your juice. Yeah. I don't, I don't need your permission. How many of you would would allow a stranger. Yeah, that's a good question. How you're many? at home, you're having dinner, mm-hmm. and you put your little pajamas on, you get ready for the evening. And how many of you would just randomly, with a knock on the door, let's say the Tesla etiquette was there. Uh, excuse me, I have my Model S. I just ran out of juice. Yep. I came rolling up on your lawn. <laughs> May I borrow two electrici- electricity? Now, what would you say? Now, I would be, I would, well, Me? I would say yes. My wife, she said, come on in. Let's have yeah, dinner. Yeah, let's eat. <laughs> let's eat. We should be friendly. We, yeah. Share that electricity. People don't don't hog your electricity. That's right. 